We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. Turn with me to uh, the listening sheet. We're going to read aloud a portion of this week's reverse text. Before the section we read this morning, um, I hope you read earlier in the week where you see David is handing over the plans for the temple. Uh, David is handing over the, the plans for the furnishings and the utensils of the, the temple and goes through all of the details. And then we get to our text that we're going to read aloud together, which is First Chronicles 28, 19 through 21. So if you would, stand with me, and we'll read these, this aloud. This, then, is the text for today. All this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me all the details of this pattern. Then David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and courageous and act. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. Now behold, there are the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of the house of God. And every willing man of any skill will be with you in all the work for all kinds of service. The officials also and all the people will be entirely at your command. May God bless the reading of his word. So in the larger reverse text for this week, there is a lot going on here. And it's easy for us to get trapped in the accessories. When you look through the rest of the text, you see the utensils, the lampstands, the table for the showbread, the forks, the basins, the pitchers, the bowls, an altar, and an ark. And curiosity takes us down all kinds of roads of possibility with these. What does a golden fork from the house of the Lord look like? Because I assume it looks quite different than the fork I scooped guacamole with last night. But a fork is a fork, a basin, a basin, a pitcher, a pitcher, a bowl, a bowl. They were what they were, and what they were was ready. David had spent some 30 to 40 years amassing the plans for the temple, gathering all the gold and silver that he could to make sure that the temple of the Lord would be perfect. As King David spent decades preparing the way, Solomon was left without excuse. Everything was laid out perfectly for him. There, there, was, there was no stern, stone left unturned. In fact, every T had been crossed, every I had been dotted, and, and Solomon had been set up with everything that he needed. You know, one of the things that we recognize when we read detailed texts like this week's reverse is that we see Solomon is given every possible resource, resource he needed to build this grand temple to house the Ark of the Covenant. And, and the plans are drawn up for him. The, the money has all been raised, and workers are already enlisted. All Solomon has to do is just jump in. If Solomon will just jump in and be obedient, everything else has already been taken care of. But I want us to be careful here. 
because it's easy for us to assume that Solomon had it easy. It's easy for us to assume there is virtually no room left for Solomon to fail. It's, it's easy for us to just imagine here everything is going to go perfectly because everything has already been set up perfectly. But before we run off in that direction, let, re let me remind you that God has said and set the very same course for your life that was set up for Solomon in this case. Because just like Solomon, who had everything ready for him, God has made everything ready for you. God has already given you every possible resource you need to succeed in this life. And, and recognize, sometimes we get confused about what we need and what we want. And what we're talking about here is what we need. And God has said everything you need has been given by the provision of the Lord. And, and recognize those things that God has already given you. God has already sent his son, Jesus Christ, to forgive you of your sins. That is what you need. God has left you his written word as a guide. That is what you need. God has sent his Holy Spirit to be your strength. That is what you need this morning. God has already given you everything to set you up for success in this world. You have it all, and the call that's upon your life is the same as the call that is upon Solomon's life. Be courageous and act. Take a step of faith, people of God. Because what we recognize is the Lord never fails in his work. And his provision that he has set for you will never fail. And in fact, it is ready to set you up to flourish. Look with me again here at what we read before. 1 Chronicles 28, verse 20. David says to his son Solomon, Be strong and courageous and act. Don't fear or be dismayed. For the Lord my God is with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you until... All the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. God's not going to fail you either. He's with you, and he takes care of his children. Now, another problem that we have here, though, is that even though God has already handed us everything we need, just, just like Solomon standing before where the temple is going to be built, instead of acting like Solomon and getting this thing done, Usually, we end up acting more like the ten spies who feared the promised land. You remember, Moses is, is getting ready to, to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. As they, they come to the Jordan, he, he, sends, he sends 12 spies into the promised land to, to, to see what, what is there and, and what's ahead of them. And 10 of those 12 come back and say, the land that God has promised them is going to devour them. In fact, what they, they see is grand, but what they expect is, is what is there is going to be their demise. That, that what they're starting to think is that God brought them all this way, that God diverted seas and rivers, that God had fed them with manna, and then all of a sudden God is now going to, going to stop and take them out. You see, all of a sudden they begin to fear, and, and they don't want to go forward because they feared what was lying ahead of them on this journey. They were scared of what laid in front, and so they said, we have to stop. But you see, us, the, the, the church in the power of the Holy Spirit, we, we've been given new opportunity right now. And what we need to recognize is, is coming out of this pandemic, into a new time and a new world that we have a, a marked road from the Lord himself. 
that, that takes us ahead. And, you know, we can either live in fear like these ten spies, or we can be courageous and act. See, we can be courageous and act like Solomon, like Caleb and Joshua, and be the people that God has called us to be. Because God has a plan for today, and we are to act on his word and live the text like it is a blueprint for action. Now, what, what you need to recognize here is, is God has a plan, and, and we need to erase all of the grand schemes that we have in our mind for ourselves and recognize that God's plan for us is to be obedient to Jesus Christ. And in our obedience to Jesus Christ, there are already all kinds of things in Scripture before us that we need to be obedient in that so many of us are not yet obedient to. So let me give you a few of those. Just like loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. If you would just seek after him with all that you are. To step out and seek the Lord today. What does that look like? What is the behavior that defines that kind of thing? To love your neighbor as yourself. What does that behavior look like? It is an action that we are living out in faithful obedience to Jesus Christ. This is who he called you to be. This is what he has called you to do. We see in this church as scripture unfolds, Jesus has called us to be a repentant people, a witnessing people, a discipling people. He has already begun to lay the steps in front of us to be obedient unto him. He says, this is what you're called to do. This is who you're called to be. Will you follow Jesus Christ actively and obey his word that has already been laid out for you for today? Because it's there. It's here. It's in front of us. You know, as you, we get into the temple and, and we look at the details of the temple that, that's unfolding here, it's important for us to, to recognize that there, there is action that is called for even in all of these elements of the temple. The details are important. The details matter and the details help point us in the right direction. And so as you work down through the plans and the furnishings for the temple, they're there to intentionally point you to the Lord. And we recognize bread is going to show up at the end of our service today when we take the Lord's Supper together. Bread shows up twice as we begin to see these plans for the temple. See, the bread shows up as a, uh, as a jar of manna in the Ark of the Covenant. And we also see in verse 16, there is an intricate table that is set up as a part of the temple. And this intricate table in verse 16 has a particular purpose. It's called the, the table of the showbread. And what that table is for is for 12 loaves of bread to be, be prepared weekly. And on the Sabbath, they are uh, switched out. A fresh uh, 12 loaves of bread are placed there on every Sabbath. And see, this was the work of the priests, where they would come in and do that, and then they would eat the old bread on the Sabbath and put the new bread there on the table. If you recall, Jesus tells us a story about this table of the showbread. Jesus is talking about the, the showbread that was in the tabernacle before the temple when, when David is on the run and, and David is hungry and his men are hungry and they come in and, and need food. And the priest allows them to eat some of the showbread that day. And so it's there for a specific purpose. And for David, he needed that day to eat. But, but beyond that, those 12 loaves of bread set on that table as a reminder of who God is and as a reminder of the kinds of things God does. It was to remind them God has faithfully provided all the way through. 
from Eden into Egypt, from the wilderness across the Jordan. God provided every time. God gave them everything that they needed, every physical thing they needed, every moment they needed food, every moment they needed water, every time they needed any kind of physical thing, God was there and God provided exactly what they need. You see, God constantly, throughout the Scriptures, takes his sheep to green pastures. And if you're following the Christ, you will always uh, find your way into green pastures. In fact, this very image of the, the 12 loaves of bread sitting on this one table in the temple is exactly why Jesus taught us to uh, pray the way that he did. You remember in the Lord's Prayer how Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. They, they would see that sitting in the temple and be reminded that's what God does. God always provides the daily bread. And this is a moment of faith to say, God, I know you're going to provide my daily bread today, and I know you're going to provide my daily bread tomorrow. In, in fact, as you work through Matthew 5 and Matthew 6, you see at the end of Matthew 6, the, the great call, if you would just seek God, if you would seek God and his kingdom and his righteousness, everything else is taken care of. All of your physical needs are met, that, that he will give you everything that God has provided, and he's going to provide for you if only you'd be courageous and act in seeking him with all of your heart. Will you seek the Lord today? Will you search out his purposes and his ways and his righteousness, and everything will be added unto you? That's what those 12 loaves of bread meant as they sat there in the temple. You know, there's another detail here in verse 18 I don't want us to miss. In verse 18, there's, there's a mention of a chariot. It's another way that they were talking about the Ark of the Covenant. And you might miss it as you read through 18, but at the top of the Ark of the Covenant, so the, the lid that covered it was golden. It was the mercy seat. And, and in this mercy seat, the golden cover of the Ark, you, you've, it functioned like a makeshift throne for God. And at this makeshift golden throne for God, once a year, on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, which uh, this year would be uh, September 15th, that once a year the priest would go into the Holy of Holies and stand at the mercy seat of God and make atonement for all the sins of the people by the blood of an unblemished sacrifice. And see, as you hear these things, we, we recognize them through history, and, and we recognize that both the temple and the Ark of the Covenant are powerful images, and, and we recognize that they have immense power in and of themselves. But I think we get confused about where the power is coming from and what that power of God is. I think we imagine something more like Indiana Jones or something here. But, but, but think past uh, Hollywood and, and, and get into the Scripture because the, the power of the Ark of the Covenant and the power of the temple was found in the power of the mercy seat. Right, that's, that's where God came down and forgave his people and, and healed the nation of Israel. This is, this is where and how God would heal the king. This is where and how God would heal the nation. The system was set up so that, that everyone from the highest office of Israel to, to the peasants on the street would know God's healing forgiveness at the mercy seat. You see, this is... This is where everyone needed to be. This is what everyone needed. Because without it, without this moment at the mercy seat of God, there was no access to God. 
In fact, access to God is, is cut off by our sin and by our failure. And that's why the number one thing we need from God, even still today, is his forgiveness. It's not, it's not the bread that we need in the physical. It's the forgiveness that we need in the spiritual. Because we are all stained by sin and separated from God. And the only way we regain access is by God's mercy and through the blood of the Lamb. Now, what, what you saw back then, before Jesus Christ had come, at this ark, this is how God administered his healing forgiveness. So the, the high priest would, would come. He would bring in the blood from an unblemished sacrifice. He would sprinkle the blood on the altar. And everyone who had any guilt was offered hope in the Lord. And, and what you see in all of this, even at, at the mercy seat, that all of this is pointing to the Messiah. All of this is pointing to the work of Jesus the Christ. The whole system, everything that we're reading about in the temple is preparing the way for Jesus Christ to come and be the final unblemished sacrifice for all mankind. That it would be his blood that is sprinkled over our lives that we might be forgiven. That if you will but surrender your life unto Jesus Christ, you will know God's healing forgiveness and have that which you need this morning. And so what you see is in the temple, you have, you have both of these things. You have the, the table of the showbread. You have the, the, the lid of the Ark of the Covenant that is the mercy seat. And you see in the showbread that God provides for your physical needs. You see at the mercy seat God provides for your spiritual needs. And, and what we recognize in the, the physical manifestations of the temple is God's already given us everything that we could possibly need. Not just Solomon, but each one of us has everything we could possibly need. And so imagine Solomon standing here in 1 Chronicles 28 when, when he's standing there before all of the officials. He's standing there with his father David. And, and as David comes to him and says, Solomon, you have everything. You have God's help. You have the blueprints. You have all the gold and silver you need to create all of these things. You have a line of helpers ready to go. And he says, now be courageous and act. Be bold and be faithful. Take a, take a leap of faith today and do what God has called you to do. And what we recognize in this place is that just like Solomon, you have been given everything you could possibly need to succeed here. God has given you a plan. God has given you the tools. God has given you help. Now be courageous and act. Let's, let's not fear any longer, but let's chase after the things that God has called us to do and be the people God has called us to be. You see, just like the temple was set up so that Israel wouldn't forget this, right? There were, there were tangible things, physical things, so that they wouldn't forget what God had done. So too, this is how our Lord's Supper is set up. Right, where we have physical, tangible elements that remind us uh, of who Christ is and what Christ has done. See, the, the Lord's Supper is set up so that, that you're not going to forget that the number one thing you need isn't food and drink. The number one thing you need is forgiveness from the Lord this morning. And, and that's why the, the first act we, we step towards in this church is acts of repentance and prayers of repentance that we might be forgiven of that which separates us from God, our own sin. And see, what we recognize, so we see the, the showbread on the table 3,000 years ago. And, 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 and the bread has just kept coming down through the centuries. 
from Israel to the hand of the Christ, through the apostles, through the church, that, that we're, we're taking of this as an intentional act with the Christ that we remember and that we are going to be courageous and act. That, that as we take of these elements, it's going to fill us and sustain us. And we'll have courage in the Spirit to, to do the things that Jesus Christ is asking us to do. You see, God's still the same. Same as he was 3,000 years ago, same as he was 2,000 years ago, same as he was 1,000 years ago. He's still working in the same way, leading us to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ that we might be saved. And so would you surrender unto him this morning? Would you recognize the Lord in the supper? So if you would, begin to prepare the elements. And in the room with our prepackaged elements, you'll kind of tear the top and, and find the bread there. And what we recognize is that the, the Lord has prompt, uh, provided in a mighty way. You know, even through this pandemic, God has provided for, for all of our physical needs. He's taking care of those things. But beyond the physical needs, we have uh, a deep spiritual need. We need a bread out of heaven that will take care of us far beyond any physical thing. Now, we also recognize that before we take of this, that we need to go to the Lord in prayer and prepare our hearts to take of this supper together. So before we take of the bread, let's, let's pray together. I'm going to give you a moment of silence, and then, then I'll pray and lead us into the bread. So let's pray together. Lord, we stand before you this morning not as a people in need because we know that you have provided for your children. In fact, we, we stand before you as a broken people, as a people who have ignored your attempts to save and your uh, attempts to provide. In fact, Lord, there have been days where we ran the other direction where fear gripped our hearts, or temptation steered us another way. Lord, where we fell into places we shouldn't have been, where we said things we shouldn't have said. Lord, we, we acted in ways we never should have acted, and Lord, we pray that you'd forgive us. Lord, by the body and blood of Jesus Christ, would you forgive us our sins and make us whole. It's his name, the name of the Christ that we pray. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 11, uh, Paul describes the Lord's Supper. It was passed down from, from Jesus to the apostles, to the early church that, that we still take to this day. And it's described this way in 1 Corinthians 11. I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, if you would, uh, carefully open the cup 
you know, we recognize that this represents the blood, the blood of the unblemished lamb that was spilled for our sake, just like that blood that was sprinkled over the mercy seat. So too is the blood of Christ been spilled for our sake. In fact, this is how the Scripture continues. In the same way, he took the cup, uh, also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Father, we recognize your goodness and your provision in these elements. That as these represent the Christ, they are sustaining us. Giving us every good and perfect thing. And Lord, we pray that this supper and the crucifixion of our, of our Christ would remain on our minds. Lord, that we would taste of it tomorrow and live in the freedom of forgiveness. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.